Hey, I'm Johnny Hedgepeth. And I'm Pete Schermacher. And we're hard for Picard. Damn Skippy. One more time. Because this is it. You know, uh, we've both gotten busy, uh, but we finally had the time to wrap up this podcast and wrap up us uh, talking about this season of Star Trek Picard that just aired season three with uh, the last episode, The Last Generation. That's a and great, that's a cool name. It's a great name. Good title, and then, yeah. And then when you realize what it's talking about, because it's talking about the Borg. Yeah. It's, it's not them. And you're first it's going It's a play in. on the word. Yeah, it's a play on it. Yeah. And speaking of the Borg, we'll get right It's kind of like a double yeah. meaning, actually, you know? I mean. Oh, totally. D- double meaning. But when yeah. I first read it, I'm just like, it gave me that that feeling of one of the main cast is going to die, which, by the way, we'll talk about it. All throughout this, I saw little cues. I, I'm like, all right, I think someone's going to die. Someone's going to, right? Yeah. Someone's going to die. And I'm, and uh, obviously, after all this time, nobody dies. No spoilers. But boy. They would have balls a- if they killed off Picard or something like that, you know? Yeah, they would. that would have been. I, I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, I, love- I don't want to see it happen. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean- but, they, but they tease it a couple of times in this oh, episode. Yeah. You know, that they particularly Worf and Riker. You yeah, get, you they know, definitely you, tease them dying, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, that they joke about it. You know, it seems like, you know, there's one point when Riker's uh, leaving to go on the on the mission and he looks at Troy with a look when I first saw it that went, fuck, Riker's dying. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, they did, they teased it, you know. Uh-huh. They definitely breadcrumbed you and that were pulled the rug out from us, too. And it was me, great. You know? It was Good. great, man. Good. <laughs> Oh, there go the dogs again. So the open and that open, you know, they'd have for all the new Trek that has the ship from that show, you know, flying uh, with yeah the the uh, the, the rainbow colors. Yeah, but uh, this one the, it's Borgified. You see a cube in the background real quick, and then it just goes all green and techno at the yeah. end, which was fucking cool. <clears throat> and it opens Pete with this was interesting the voice of president of earth Anton Chekhov I love that I ain't gonna lie yeah and played by Walter Koenig yeah so he's playing like his great great grandson I believe it was or something or uh well right? he, when, at one point he says like like my father told me and I'm like wait a minute he can't be talking about Chekhov Chekhov it's gotta be grandfather or yeah they do live long then right they do yeah they do i mean and uh so even let's say he's mccoy's age i mean mccoy was there you know he was the youngest one so yeah of the og so maybe yeah i mean scotty was around (laughs) yeah but he was in a transporter buffer that's true that's that's true i forgot about that (laughs) but yeah so but possibly it's like you know uh i'm guessing it's a generation like this is a grandson and he gives this speech and he gives this speech and the speech he's giving is very similar to uh, Star Trek 4 the uh, do not approach earth yeah you know, it was that was that was a definite callback uh, to when that giant weird probe was uh, wanting to talk to some whales but it was weird and some people mentioned this why didn't they show him? 
to be maybe playing his grandson. It was just the voice. And someone was saying like, well, you know, I hear he doesn't look good these days. And then I saw, I just saw a picture of him recently with somebody. Yeah. I I saw a picture of him watching this episode with um, Todd Stashwick and a friend because they're neighbors. And Ah. And I'm like, he looks, he looks fine. He's an old yeah. man. He could have played this role. <laughs> but you know, you know, the, the, how I'm trying to get thinking. Next generation takes how long? Um, I, what's the year difference between that and the original Star Trek? Oh, what was it? Seventy five years, something like that. Something like that, maybe. I think it was like seventy five years. Uh, that sounds about right. Uh, you know, I'm sure, like, yeah. <laughs> Like I love Star Trek, but and I'm obsessed with Star Trek in my own way. But like those kind of numbers and stuff, yeah, I, mean, I know the type of people who can remember all that shit. Like I'm like, like I I can't even remember which century it is. Twenty fourth, twenty fifth. I yeah, I, I, know. I get them all mixed up because <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it, it really doesn't matter. And yeah, he and suddenly the communication goes dead, and we're on the bridge of the Enterprise. Uh, and we see that uh, the space dock is being attacked, and the space dock is where the orbital shields are. Uh, so here, I, I looked it up. It's ninety-five years, roughly takes place ninety-five years after okay. the original series. So, so I mean, if it's ninety-five years. You're gonna, I mean, I, I don't think this. I think this is easily could be Chekhov's son. Yeah, because I mean, you know, if Bones was alive, yeah. Okay, at 95 so bones had to be 120 yeah. or something right yeah, yeah and, you know and, and then you think about it, he's a doctor and you know blah 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 yeah you know who who knows what kind of you know you know you, you get one of those uh those worms put in your ear and uh extend yeah, your life straight, it's, you it's know? A side yeah, effect. yeah you know you know <laughs> i just heard someone i overheard someone at work talking about that scene because they were, they were talking about um con yeah from con with the earbugs because they look a lot like uh a bug we deal with okay uh earwigs and uh, uh and for the first time ever uh someone not me made a star trek reference uh at the oh, office wow. yeah i know <laughs> i also was hey i also played it cool enough not to run over and just start trek talking with them you know because you know no that's one nice that. that's yeah. proud of you john oh, thanks well, i mean hey you know oh 10 years earlier maybe but I've, I've gotten wiser i just had my 53rd birthday yesterday Pete. you ran over and i was <laughs> long and prosper <laughs> yeah i'm just standing there i'm just standing there waiting for me notice and the notice that i'm doing uh the vulcan uh, handsome symbol <laughs> I run over. I start pinching him on the neck. What's, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so they track the signal. Uh, the Enterprise does, and the Borg uh, vessel is in Jupiter's red spot. And it's broadcasting to the new collective, and they figure out that Jack is definitely the command signal by yep. uh, checking the. Uh, Be- like in this episode, we get to see Beverly doing a lot of science, which is fun, and being a badass, which is great. Yeah, and Troy doing uh, the same. Like, yeah, 
both of those characters get more to do here than in any of the movies or all the movies combined i think yeah and a lot of seasons of the show combined, oh yeah hell yeah really honest with you this is true and they always, had the, they always had the worst worst episodes i mean i hate to say it they had some uh weird i'm not ones. saying they were all bad but when they were the featured character they usually had like you know this is like they were usually the, the worst uh they were, the, were usually the worst episodes of the, of the seasons. They had that. Could you remember? We all joke about, uh, you know, the the one where Beverly is fucking the, the ghost candle. Yeah, the Zorro, yeah. Yeah, and uh, but and that's just sort of silly and stupid. But Troy get, got some shit like, do you remember the one where it's essentially, it essentially, it's, in, yeah, it's in her mind, but she gets basically, she's raped. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah. I was like, I remember I'm watching that one. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah. I'm like, this is fucked up. Yep. <laughs> and when she has a, and then the one where she just suddenly is pregnant, like she's like Mary. Yeah. No, I don't know I mean, how I got pregnant. And all the, all the men are sitting around a table discussing what to do about her pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> That's someone in play now. Oof. That's, Worf was, let me just say, Worf, not pro life. Uh, <laughs> I remember that part of that. I remember that part of that episode. <laughs> yeah, I always thought her best part was when she gave like uh, like tips to the captain. I thought that was my favorite. That was my favorite. Uh, oh, like we've talked about the one where the ship goes down and she has to. She's in charge on the bridge. That was a great episode. That I really like that one. one. Yeah. yeah. I like the one where she's taking the, ex- I mean, it's a B plot, but she's taking the exam to, to, to get a star. Yeah. And yeah. Riker's giving her the test and he's not taking it easy on her. That's yeah. fun. Uh, there's a bunch, you know, it's out there, but yeah. the bad ones really stick out. Yeah. They stick out. Cause you know, they didn't, they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. But what doesn't stick out is the size of the enterprise D next to this cube. That's in the, that's in in the the red dot. Oh yeah, Jupiter. That shot looked amazing. Amazing, right? Amazing. It looks so cool, and the size of that thing. I and overall, I thought, I thought the special effects in the show were really well done. I thought they looked they looked outstanding. You know, it's like it's weird. Speaking of that podcast, I was talking about you know action boys. They're like they're a little younger, around our age, basically okay. younger than me, but closer in age to you, and they're like. Okay really really don't not fans of cgi okay but uh and gonna have to do it nowadays yeah and uh i see a lot of the same points but when you're doing this kind of kind of presentation this sort sort of entertainment you know like well we need spaceships and fucking aliens that are fucking gigantic some models would be fun but yeah we need the cgi you better make it fantastic CGI. Yes. or even i mean we'll get to it when we get to the board queen because i'm like we know that's not alice krieg because she's yeah only the voice and i'm like is if that's cgi it looks amazing i think it might be a puppet which would be even more amazing or a mixture of the two but, i think it's a mixture of the two because they have i mean there's a care there's someone playing the, the, the queen like I don't think they right. got I don't think they got someone in a bunch of makeup is what I'm saying. She's not she's not lip syncing Alice Krieg's lines. 
They have a. They actually have in in the on the IMBD. They actually have um, some girl lady named Seymour. Uh, oh, okay. As the, yeah, let me see what her name. Yeah, the Alice Creek, the poor queen voice. Then they have. Uh, um, let me find it here. Yeah, because I I wasn't aware of that. So Jane Edwina Seymour as poor queen. Oh, neat! So they do. God, they put her in a bunch of fucking makeup. Then, yeah, and it looked good. <laughs> Didn't look comfortable. <laughs> no, did not. That, stuck, if that really okay, non puppet. Clearly, she was stuck on that wall. Yeah. Just oh boy, that was been rough. Well, in that case, she did an excellent job because she really was emoting underneath all that makeup and shit. Because. This is the the last time we saw this Borg Queen, Pete. Voyager. It was Voyager, the last episode of Voyager. This is this is a, a cube from uh the what was that called? Unimatrix Zero. Because I also mentioned uh like there's a lot of Voyager in this one because they said, oh, they opened up a trans uh what was it the trans dimensional yeah. whatever the conduit, trans warp conduit. Uh, into the heart of Jupiter. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I'm like, that, that. But yeah, the last time we saw this Borg Queen, uh, Admiral Janeway from the future had poisoned the Borg. Yeah. And that's when we thought was the Borg were done. You know, that was it. The uh, Janeway defeated the Borg and not one more time. Uh, so to bring that her back again that voyager the the voyager you know we get to see tuvok later you know seven or like there was the voyager music playing not this you know i've, I've said throughout all this out this podcast how much of a fan of voyager i am and i'm like and it never really gets its due or you know or any sort of reverence like i feel i feel at this point deep space nine has gained such a reputation from hardcore is like no man this is good stuff you got to check this out it, it deals with stuff Trek doesn't usually go, you know, and people are really learning to appreciate that. And Voyager is sort of like, yeah, you know, people are like, whatever, but you go back. Voyager was fucking great. You know, it really was. I, I remember, I, I remember loving that episode. I mean, there's a lot of episodes, but I always loved that black and white episode. I, that was so fun. The bride of yeah. chaotica. Yeah. <laughs> I like, dude, Admiral, dude, uh, Captain Janeway in that one, uh, in that outfit, look. Yeah. It was the only time in the entire seven seasons that she played sexy. Yep. <laughs> I love, oh gosh. Oh, I love that. Um, one of the things from Voyager I love, just to geek out about a second. Remember that one where there was a serial, early season, the guy was a serial killer. And it was played by Brad Dorif. Yeah. You know, who was the, you know, from the, you know, played in a lot of stuff. And he most, was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And, yeah. And he was and, also in uh, Lord of the Rings and stuff. I think he was, uh, he was the doctor in Deadwood. Uh, yes. I believe. Great. As well. Yeah. I loved him in Deadwood. Yeah. And he was the serial killer and they catch him and they're not going to put him to death. So he's like uh, in solitary confinement the rest of the way home. And we don't hear about the guy forever. And then there's like the two-parter, the season I mean, cliffhanger, where the Kazon take over the ship with Seska, ab ab abandon the crew on a primitive planet. And uh, uh, 
Tom Paris is running away in a shuttle to try to find some help. And the only people on the ship are the doctor and the serial killer who's been okay. working with Tuvok to try to control himself. And he's crawling through the conduits doing a diehard. And it's like, it's, That's and of awesome. course, yeah, it's great. And of course he, he does great, but he, of course he has to die. Uh, yeah. Eventually. And uh, yeah, that, that one really sticks out. That was a lot of fun. Sticks out like the Kazon's pi uh, pine cone hair. Which always looked fucking dumb. <laughs> you got to point out when some of the aliens that just don't work. The Kazon right. looked fucking stupid. <laughs> they did. That was a good part of Voyager because they could just—they're leaving. They're, we're traveling on. We don't have to see those characters anymore. Yeah, luckily. <laughs> so the fleet is attacking space dock, and we cut to the Titan where we got seven Rafi and a handful of uh, olds. You know, because it yeah, only affects not, the young. Yeah, uh, fighting their way to the bridge, and uh, and they take it away by because they invented how to transport people with their phaser rifles, which was cool. I was yeah. like, that's awesome. And it was good. So I was like, did we kill them or did it work? <laughs> yeah, that was a great line. And it worked. They're uh, trapped in the transporter bay, and here's where we meet the. Uh, I'm just the cook, just like Seagal in Under Siege. Yeah. Man. I'm just the cook. Hmm. <laughs> Erica Alaniac is going to jump out of a cake. Uh, they had to cut that scene uh, from, oh, yeah. from this Swing. episode. <laughs> yeah, she a uh, former Baywatch babe. Yep. <laughs> and this guy's fun, you know, because he, he he piloted a little in school and that's it. But, you know, I guess he, you know, he's a cook and a great pilot. Cause he does a great job in this episode. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he was pretty good. I mean, it was a pretty, you know, and then it allows uh seven to make that passion speech about, you know, we are star Trek. We are Starfleet and all yeah. that stuff. So yeah. All the, all the stuff that gets me swinging, you know, yeah. this whole, <laughs> we are Starfleet. Yes. Especially delivered by uh, Jerry Ryan. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the Klingon double swing. Yeah, they actually this episode, this see this this sees this. I mean, I mean, they really did a good job of playing up how why you should be proud of being in Star Starfleet. They never really played it up as much uh, on the TV shows than they do here. You know, not as much. It was sort of just understood. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. No. It was just kind of understood. But this all the all the new Trek has that. I mean, Discovery yeah. Discovery hits you over the head with it. Oh yeah, in fact, there's in fact, there's an entire that whole first season. Not first season, not first season. I'm sorry, third season. Yeah, oh yeah, about them in the future. In the yeah. future, where they have to rebuild Starfleet. Starfleet, it's, yeah. It, that's all that that entire season. That entire season is all about proud to be Starfleet. And, yeah, and there's no dilithium because an alien kid had a temper tantrum. Yeah, is that, is that right? Is that is that? Yeah, pretty much. That's about right. Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> and as and much as I, boyfriend ended up joining Starfleet. Uh, well, the boyfriend never joins. He just hangs around because I mean, did he I, never? I always thought they made him. Okay, my bad. No, he's just allowed to hang around, which is another thing that bugged me about Discovery because I love that actor. Yeah, because he's from Supergirl. Well, I mean, yeah, I recognize he he played Manchester Black on Supergirl, yeah. and he was great on that, and he was nah, great, yeah. and he was great on Discovery, yeah. And but once again, it was okay, but he's not in Starfleet, 
and we still have a bridge crew who I don't know anything about. Yeah, no, they made, yeah, they jumped him without, yeah, I, I you know, know that, yeah. That bumps me, that bumps me out of a Star Trek show, you know, and yeah, you know, and his, and his thick queen cat was like the size of that fucking cat. Did they CGI that giant cat is? Or is there I real think, cats? Yeah, that was a big cat, yeah. Is there real cats that fucking big? Oh, the litter box for that thing. <laughs> they have space litter boxes. Do, do they do, do they shit and piss in the litter box and it automatically transports it like uh, outside or outside? It could or does be. it or does it recycle it like it does their shit? That was another discovery thing. Remember that? Uh, no, I don't. But okay, I'll take so word for it. I think it's that season. I think it's that season. Uh. The admiral, the old the, the the admiral guy is talking to the uh yeah the Orion uh lady who's the leader of the Orions and uh have an apple, you know, and just like you know, all the food is uh recreated out of our own waste. Uh, to have a bite, it tastes pretty good for shit. <laughs> all right. Sure. I did, yeah, I, we don't did, need that. Did we know? need? I don't know. We know. I don't think we need. And it's not the cursing that bothers me. I was like, I don't need. No, it's the whole need, premise. I don't need that in a Star Trek. I don't want to know that the replicators are making me shit. Yeah, exactly. Food. Thanks. Yeah, I don't need to know the replicator of uh, uh, the synth of hell is really fucking. You know, it's just piss. piss it's just yeah. piss. It's just like Budweiser. It's just exactly. <laughs> and so the the board cube is only 32% uh, working. And Troy senses quiet suffering. And we get data dealing with his emotions. And he's just looking at it and all the emotions are overcoming him. And he's just like, I, I fucking hate him. I fucking yeah. hate him. <laughs> and it's good. That's a bit of a callback to uh, first contact, you know? Yeah. You know, and Jack, you know, they, they sense that he, he's been consumed by the Borg. And uh, the, the, the shields on the cube drop and they figure out that's an invitation. And uh, Beverly is going figure, to figure out a way to track Jack uh, to lead Picard to him. This is when Riker says, you're not going alone. I'm going to go with you, Jean-Luc. And Worf's like, I'll make it a threesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what didn't Riker say? Do you hear yourself? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it's great. I love it. It's a fucking, yeah. it's a, it's a fucking threesome joke. Yeah. In the middle of this rousing fucking moment. And Drama, it, yeah. And the, the jokes hit. I thought the jokes hit. They the do. Part, they hit. You know? They hit. We've talked about it. Star Trek and being funny have a, it's, it's iffy. Oh, it's it's very iffy. It's, it's very been, iffy when they when they pull it off. They, they don't really do it much in the series. I'll tell you that much. This 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 series had more jokes in it mm -hmm. than I probably the whole seven year run of Next Gen. I wouldn't be surprised. Or good jokes. You know? Or good. Or, it's not like good ones. Yeah. All right. Well, data learning stand up comedy from Joe Piscopo, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. That was a real knee slapper. Uh. <laughs> However, um, the Deep Space Nine Trials and Tribulations episode is legit fucking funny. Yes. And, and, and good stuff. True. As was the one where they play baseball against the Vulcans. That, that was funny. That one's fucking funny. And then I, things that are not so funny. 
a fistful of datas and you have uh, data and drag, you know? Yeah, and, well, you know? I don't mind the data and drag part. It was just, I did, by that point, I was sick of, I love Brent Spiner, but I was sick of all the over-the-top Western character oh, yeah. characters. Uh, what I was not sick of was Troy in that uh, gunfighter outfit. Yeah. That made that episode, okay, two things made that episode for me, because it's a pretty silly episode. Yeah, it is. Troy in them pants, uh, being a badass, and the last shot where the Enterprise is riding off into the sunset. And I was like, oh, that's fun. You know, but I, mean, I was one of the few, I guess, who really liked uh, uh, Worf and his son uh, scenes together. I liked them, uh, but I hear I'm in the minority. On I, that. They, in, I didn't mind him in that one so much. Yeah. It's, I thought that one was sort of fun where he's just like, oh, I can see why you would like this. I get to fucking yeah. shoot people. Right. You know, it's, you know, it's, but it's really Brent Spiner. Brent Spiner is like nails on a chalkboard. Oh yeah, <laughs> in, that, in that one, he, he's overacting on you know the chewing of the scenery. We talk about Amanda Plummer and people hating her. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, uh, watch a fistful of data, and you'll get Brent Spiner really. Uh, it's uh, not even. It's not even okay. When, when not he, even that. He's just. But it's just. He's. You're no, right. No, he's no. not. He's overacting. But he's just. You know. No, like, he's doing what big caricatures of of cowboy movie characters. Yes, and I get it, but it's. In fact, by the in, the in the shot where he goes to give Worf a big old kiss, because now he's the the Miss Kitty character. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, that's not bad because it's like the only time it's uh, it's the one character who's like the, the weaselly son. He's like, my Paul's going to get yeah. you. I'm just like, oh god. And then he's the rich man, rich gunslinger. Blah, yeah, blah, blah, it's uh, oh the mustache. Yeah. And I wouldn't even call Lawaxana ones comedy because they you got to be kind of funny to be comedy. Yeah. No. I know you like it, but her and uh, her and Alexander in the mud bath. I'm like, I, I wasn't. A, I mean, I didn't. I didn't love it, but more, you know, it, it is what it was. But I didn't. I've, I've seen worst uh, episodes, is what I'm getting at. Oh, we've all seen worse episodes. We've yeah. all seen we've all seen Code of Honor. We know. But I also thought it was creepy seeing the mud in the kids' hair, you know. But yeah, I thought it was creepy that they were all naked with a child. In, uh, yeah, in that mud. too. Yeah, <laughs> that 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 sort of put me off. <laughs> oh yeah, should traumatize Alexander. I mean, maybe I'm being uptight. Oh, maybe that know. explains what why Alexander became a little chicken shit uh, later uh, in in Deep Space Nine. Well, he wasn't a chicken shit. He was just clumsy and not good at anything. Okay, there you Remember? go. Remember that—that okay. was his—that was his deal, you know. And then he becomes a lucky charm to the Klingons because he's yeah. their—he's their lucky fucking clumsy oaf. Like, okay, great. <laughs> and that was the end of him. And that weird was that weird? Was it deep? I think it was Deep Space Nine. Was it Deep Space Nine or was it Next Gen? The one where it was Next Gen, where adult Alexander comes back to. Yeah, I thought that was a cool episode. Yeah, that one was all right because I we didn't get little Alexander. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that kid. Okay, one last thing before we get to this. Back to this. Speaking of like goofy it's episodes, all started because of a threesome. Oh, uh, yeah, a threesome. Yeah, it, well, boy, I could tell you, Pete, a lot of shit can start from a threesome, and usually none of it's good. Speaking of episodes that a lot of people hate, but I like that are silly and goofy, I like Rascals, where they turn into little kids in the Transformers. I, 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 didn't, I didn't hate that. <laughs> I, I kind of like that one. You know, I, I didn't hate that. 
Probably because I like the kid who played Picard. He was great. I love the little kid. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. He's he's my number one dad. And that line always makes me Yeah, laugh. and then he had when they were working with Alexander was helping him on this one, and yeah. Uh huh. Oh yeah. And uh, my favorite scene of it is like when uh, Riker is trying to keep one of the Ferengi busy by showing him how to work the ship, and he's pointing at all the all the panels, and he's just babbling total bullshit. He's like, this is like the flock salmon. Well, you know what a flock salmoner is, right? Of course right, I know yeah, what a yeah. flock salmoner is. And, he, and, and, and Frakes just plays it so serious and straight. It It's a genuinely funny scene, man. He, yeah, and I also like, I remember loving when they, uh, the kid, I mean, uh, Picard uh, and him are playing father-son in the, in, the, in, the, in the episode. Yeah, that's fun, too. So Data wants to go too. He wants to go. He wants to go kill some Borg, man. But they tell him he's got to stay on the bridge. Jordy is in charge. He has the con. And this is when Riker looks at Troy to walk away, where I thought Riker was going to die. Yeah, oh yeah. And then Picard turns around and gives you this one. It's been an honor to serve with you all. Okay, there's another one. Is he yeah. going to die? And they beam onto the cube, and there's no drones, and they're all being cannibalized by what's left of the ship. And the cool shots, I love the, you know, I get one of those uh, props of a half eaten fucking Borg and put it on a mount and put it on my wall. That looks fucking cool as fuck. You know how much shit from Next Gen they just, when that show was over, they just threw it in a dumpster behind Paramount? Well, I'm sure a lot. Yep, the bridge for one thing. Yeah, the OG. Can you imagine? You know, you're just working out there like Richie Valens' his brother, and instead of finding Wally Walrus cartoon, yeah, you find no, you, fucking oh, can you the Enterprise. Yeah, can you imagine in the captain's chair? That'd be in my living room. Like, dude, I'd have the whole thing set up like when Kramer found the set for the Merv Griffin show. It just make it into <laughs> my fucking house. <laughs> mm. So. And then Riker says, this place is a tomb, which I mentioned that um, my favorite podcast is Greatest Generation, the Star Trek podcast by Ben and Adam. You know, it's uh, I've said it's the reason why I never really wanted to do a Star Trek one right. since I listened to them. But, you know, this is just you and me, two friends just talking Star Trek. Yeah. And the, the, they're aware, like people at, start at New Trek know who they are. You know, they're a very popular show, but okay. not associated with them because, of, you know, they can't, which is good because you, these guys would, you know, Paramount would, if, if they were connected with Paramount, they'd be telling them what to say on their show. And yeah, and they can't, and yeah, you can't, you can't I mean, you're, anytime you're associated, you can't be as honest as you, right. you'd, what you'd want to be. But I they're friendly say. enough to where they send them screeners of all the new shows right. before anyone else. Yeah, so they there's can nothing wrong with them. that. Yeah. yeah, you know. Uh, but one of their running jokes for a while that of a movie that they eventually uh, covered on um, a, a Patreon only is that movie uh, Event Horizon. Have you ever seen that? Uh, I, I the name sounds familiar. It's a hor- it? it's basically it's a horror movie in space uh, on a spaceship, uh, and there's a famous line in it that these guys would so say. So it's oh, alien. Uh, I think that it's it's I think it's got a bit I can't remember I've saw it once you know in oh, and yeah, out but it's it's not so much alien I think it's, it might be even mystical or so I don't know uh what it is but 
there's a famous line in it that, that they make I've made a ton of jokes of like this place is a tomb and first thing Riker looks around and goes this place is a tomb so one way or another it's that is a reference to the movie Event Horizon you know whether or not it's also because you know, these guys are giving tips of the hat to every sci-fi thing uh, but uh, you know when I heard it the first thing I thought of was uh, the greatest generation so Bev is telling uh, Picard uh, where Jack is and uh, he goes off to get him and has a great goodbye with uh, Will and Morpheus. Like, it's time to go be a dad. You know? And again, I'm like, well, they're never going to see each other again because that's right. what this feels like. And Worf has the great, there are two phrases that uh, Klingon never admits to say, uh, admitting uh, or saying defeat and farewell. I'm like, there's a lot of other things Klingons don't like to talk about. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, always put me down for some like some of that weird Iron John Klingon bullshit that I always fucking liked. Yeah, <laughs> on Next Gen, it really made you like Klingons. Honestly, worse. It, it did. It did because I mean, like up until I then, went in, like you know, you go in by it's like I remember when Next Gen for I'm like a Klingon on on the you know in an Enterprise on the bridge of the Enterprise. I don't know about this, you know, <laughs> being the ultimate nerd. But, but yeah, but his portrayal. Uh, starts a little bit in season two, but really, you know, he starts flourishing in three, four, and five, and beyond. And stuff. Oh, the whole Klingons, because the whole thing is like, Klingons are our allies now, and they have weird yeah. ways, but we respect them, and, he, and they get leaned more and more into. No, they are an honorable race. Just all those Klingons that you met all those other times before, you know, they were just the bad apples. You know, it's like the cops, just a few bad apples in the Klingon right. Empire. <laughs> I mean, at the end of six the Klingon who got involved was punished by his fucking superiors and, uh, and, uh, had to apologize to Kirk. So, yeah. uh, you know, and Worf's dad or Worf's grandfather was whoever the, defended him. Yeah. The guy who defended him. You know, I might rewatch that. I've watched that this year. And Undiscovered. I'm, yeah. I think I might next time. I just don't know what I'm going to watch. I might oh, toss I, it I, on I again. Love, I really undiscovered is one of my favorite ones. Me so. too, man. It's fun. Like the other day, I was just like, "Huh, I've got all the streaming channels, and there's so much to watch. What am I gonna watch?" And I'm like, "You know what I'm gonna watch? I'm gonna watch The Untouchables for like the I don't know, fucking fifty eighth time." That never goes old, honestly. It never gets old. And I watched it, and I fucking loved it every second of it. And I was like, "Ah, that was a great way to that was that was a great way to spend a Tuesday night." <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with Young Costner. Oh, not at all. Or Young Andy Garcia. Yeah, Young uh, Andy Garcia. In that one, dude, everyone, everyone talked about every fucking cast member to, you know, the background players. Yeah, I was just here. I just saw great. him recently on, um, I want to say it was Rich Eisen uh, show, and he was talking about Sean Connery. He told a story about the Untouchables, how he Connery did a lot of his close-ups with his golf clothes on on the bottom and his police shirt, police outfit on him. That's great. Well, there's a okay. Well, there's a there's a famous story that during one scene, uh, Andy Garcia was being like because he was a young actor right out of like Shakespeare. This is probably the one he he was talking about and talking about a and they wanted him to turn. He's he's on doing a scene with Connery on the telephone, and they wanted him to look. Yeah, the thing the thing with the phone, the the, the thing with the phone. Yeah, with Connery, but while they're trying to film his part of the phone yes. Andy Garcia's 
and he's just being a pain about, well, why would I do it this well? Like Connery's sitting over doing his shit and leans over and is like, like he goes, Jesus fucking Christ, it's not fucking Hamlet. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's when Andy Garcia was like, oh, okay, I get it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, that was the story he was saying. That's, that's good. And then Sean Connery went and punched a woman uh, from craft services. Uh, it's hilarious. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I remember Martin goes, we oh, we got it cut. We got to do it again. We only got one eye. And Sean Connery goes, you got two. They're just close together. Because <laughs> he wanted to go play fucking golf. That's great. He won the Oscar. He won the fucking Oscar for that movie. So he's yeah. doing so, he did something right. <laughs> so uh, Picard can't hear Beverly anymore. You know, it's too static. And he finds Jack in full locutus outfit, yep. which was nice. I love that. Uh, the board queen starts laughing and we see her and she's all fucked up. Like half her face is melted and swollen. Yeah. Up, like blisters and her rib cage is hanging out. And now that you told me that there was an actor inside there, holy shit, that must have been fucking rough. Just poking their head through the wall. <laughs> all made up with that shit. Yeah. Fuck. And she's great. And like I said, Alice Krieg is fucking fantastic, and seeing the way this actor is uh, emoting is fucking great uh, through all that makeup. So we cut to the Titan, and they they figure out that the Enterprise D is at the cube, and then in one of those, fine, whatever. Uh, like, how do we, how do we um, uh, stop being part of this fleet formation thing where the all the ships can control all the ships? Uh, they're like, hmm, it's line of sight. Okay, sure. <laughs> what? Fine. Yeah, I know, huh? Kind of like, well, how the fuck does that work? You're in fucking space. What are you talking about? But if they, if they, if they use the cloaking device to move around, they can't be controlled. They can pop in and out, fire and pop in and out, and try to keep the fleet busy. Right. Attack the fucking uh, fleet and. uh and this is when she gives that speech you were talking about. We are all that's left of Starfleet. You know, yeah. When the cook is like, I'm just the cook. It's the, that's the only good Seagal movie, by the way, is Under Siege, right? There's nothing I'm else. Think, I'm trying to think. I've never been a big Seagal fan. So, um, Me neither, but I mean, that's, I I remember that's liking the only Under good Siege. one. That was, yeah, that's probably about right. I had Tommy Lee Jones and Gary yeah. Busey just fucking chewing the scenery in it and shit. And it was Eric Alaniac. Um, yeah, Eric Alaniac. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, his first movie, can't remember what it was, Hard to Kill or whatever the fuck it was. But I, it was my senior year of high school. And I, I, as we all know, I worked at the movie theater and we only had one movie. It was for big, all this, every Stallone movie, every Schwarzenegger movie we got. And we had been uh, running Biloxi Blues with Matthew Broderick for like a month. It was a big hit. Yeah. And our next movie Real was... Simon play, right? Yeah. Great movie. Uh, uh, Christopher Walken's fucking great in it. And the, the next movie was this, you know, debut movie of the next big action star. And we got something that we normally didn't get. It was like promotional shit glossies of this dude that we never heard of named Steven Seagal posters to give the first hundred people get all this shit. Nobody fucking came. 
We had tons of these stupid fucking Seagal posters. Jesus. I had I had to watch a lot of it because as an usher, you had to go. You missed the first 10 minutes. You missed the last 10 minutes. But yeah, you got to go sit in there and actually tell people to be quiet. Right. And it was a total fucking piece of shit. And but it was just the funniest thing in the world. And it lasted a week. And then we brought back Biloxi Blues, which ran for another two weeks. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> it was something. It was a total. It, I don't know how it did everywhere else, but in Flemington, New Jersey, it was a total stinker, a bomb. It was the only time that ever happened when we brought back a movie that we had had because what we expected uh, to be a hit wasn't a hit. Uh, yeah, you know, I, you you put you think about that. You know, you have all, all, all yeah, you know, you have Arnold. And you have uh, Stallone as your top, you know, action stars, right? Uh-huh. Those, are your, those are your A, A, A. Those are your A stars. And this and was before Bruce Lee, who's probably a, like a D level guy. Yeah, but I, would, this... say, I think Van Damme would be like in the C level, B minus yeah. level. And this was a year before Die Hard. When Bruce Willis suddenly became an action, okay, yeah, and Willis that blew up. Yeah, got, got into that. Uh, he was had, at. He, he was at the, what's his name? He had um Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. He, he's that he's D level. I kind of thought it was kind of D level. You know? Okay. You still had a you still you still you still had Charles Brunson every now and then. Charles doing Brunson every death, now and then. And then Wesley eight. Snipes was trying to take over to yeah. um. Oh, passenger. Hey, Passenger Fifty Seven was fucking fun, dude. That was a fun movie. You ever played on black? Always bet on black. <laughs> you ever and then I black? remember they tried Carl Weathers tried to uh, do it. Action Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> He's always yeah. better in the supporting roles. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you. I know everyone loved him, and I love him. I think he's great. I love him. <laughs> everyone loved him in Mandalorian, and oh, yeah. I I couldn't stand him. Oh, I, th- I loved him. I thought he was great at chewing Star Wars scenery. He avoided yeah. he chew some scenery. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> he put a lot of barbecue sauce on this scenery and uh you know just yum, Yeah, he yum, did. Yum, yum. Yeah, I, I liked him. I always thought he was I was like, how has he not ever been in Star Wars before? His acting is perfect for Star Wars. Big. Yep. Big hey. overacting. And you know what surprised me? I saw this the other day on Twitter, and it shocked the fuck me. You know who's never been in anything Star Wars related? I think, or Star Trek, or Star Trek related. Keith David. Well, no, I think Keith David's done some Star Trek, but uh, yeah, he's definitely playing a Klingon. I'm sure. Yeah, but uh, Keith David has never been in anything Star Wars. I think, which is amazing. I'm like, really? Yeah, he's in everything. I can always see him in in uh, in a Star Wars role. And there's a little bit of Star Wars in this episode of fucking uh, Picard too, by the way, because when they fly the, the the Enterprise into there to get to the heart of the Death Star and blow it the fuck up, <laughs> 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 I can admit it. I mean, you know, I, I can admit it because that's certainly kind of what it felt like. Yeah, why? You know, why? Why mix mix with a good story? You know. Yeah, well, Star Wars went back to that fucking well, uh, fucking so many times. <laughs> why not let Star Trek? Take exactly take a little bit of it so she uh, this is when the board queen explains the whole thing that she doesn't mention janeway by name that she's like you, you know, starfleet left us poisoned on the edge of the universe great speech uh and that 
Jack, while he was running around trying to find his way, he accidentally found her and uh, they were dying until she sensed him. And Picard offers offers himself up and she's like, you're yesterday's news, uh, Lacunas. Doesn't want anything to do with him. So Worf and Riker find the panel that tells them where the beacon is. And then we cut to the Titans zipping in and out of the field and, and two Borgs by uh, Will, uh, by Worf and Riker, uh, wake up. And uh, the Borg Queen, we find out, teamed with Vatic because both were poisoned by Starfleet. I'm like, ooh, yeah, that's great. That's yeah, that's a nice, you know, yeah, friend of my enemy is my enemy, you know. That's um, it. But like we said, the two biggest bads ever in Star Trek yeah, are there. And they team up because they have a reason to team up. Yeah, it's almost like a like the Joker and the Riddler, or Joker and uh, Lex Luthor, or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it's the top ones. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, Doctor Doom and the, you know the Red Ghost, right? He's a big one. No, no, not the Red Ghost. Okay, it's... I was trying to think of the lowest level uh, of Fantastic Four villain, and Red Ghost and his apes were the first thing I thought of. <laughs> no, I was probably Doc. Well, hell, Secret Wars, Doctor Doom and Claw. Claw, Claw was fun in Secret Wars because he was like. The comedy relief. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's crazy. I thought, <laughs> God, I, I, you know, if I, if I came upon a collection of uh, the first Secret Wars, I'd read that. I remember that came out right when I was like all in on that. I, I waited for every oh, yeah, issue of that. That oh, was yeah, I loved it. Then they and did I that. loved how you had a, you know, you had to wait because, like, you know, they, they just, they did, they just, you know, they did the, all of a sudden, it's like Spider Man shows up wearing. A black yeah, it was out, wild. You know? One month, yeah, one month it was one way, and the next month, everyone it, it comes back changed. Yeah, yeah she holds. The, the thing was, yeah, the thing yeah. was going right there. The thing was a uh, part of the Fantastic Four. He had his own. Uh, he was left on uh, War World and stuff, or yeah, Battle but, World, whatever you want to call it. Pr- Professor X had a stupid yellow jumpsuit on yeah. for some reason. <laughs> oh yeah, he got part of the the costume. Yeah, it that it didn't last long because it looked fucking dumb. Yeah, <laughs> I I remember that. He said, "Well, Scott, how do you what do you think of my fighting togs?" And uh, I think they even wrote uh, Cyclops to be like, "You look like a fucking tool, Charles." <laughs> <laughs> I could. I what did you say? I didn't say anything. I'm reading it wrong. Get out of my head, sir. That's not right. God, I haven't read an X Men comic in so long. I couldn't. I haven't read a comic in so long. Uh, so uh, I can't. I was just sent a pile of old comic books by one of our fans of Mystery Titans Theater. Uh, oh, that's cool. That was uh, from from the 1960s through the 2000s. And oh, amazingly, wow. three things that I owned. An, an issue of Justice League from the mid-70s, an nice. issue of World's Finest from 1973, and the Fantastic Four Roast by Fred Hembeck. That you can only get at comic book shops and at convention or conventions where I got it. Uh, that it was one of those comics that I remember getting when I was, I don't know, 11 or 12, thinking yeah. it was the funniest thing I ever had. And then it disappeared. And was, I, I, this kid in the neighborhood was a friend, but he was fucking ADHD. And I know he used to break into my house and steal some of my comic books. So I'm sure he's, he stole that one. Uh, we're and gonna did, get you and your dog too. Yeah, well, you know, I caught I caught him stealing comics more than once. So I figured that's where it went. But the guy who's the fan, his name was Deadhead. He's called uh Deadhead Dan. And I on the back of the, the comic, they're bagged and everything, had a little message. He's like, 
He goes, man, I had some in my collection. I looked at it and I was like, this seems like something Johnny would love. And I opened up the package and here's this thing that was like my lost holy grail from my childhood. That's awesome. It's pretty fucking awesome, man. <laughs> and a fucking issue of The Flash from like 1967, dude. I mean, this guy was more than generous. It, it, wow. was, super, it was super cool. Those are the only comic books that I've read in a long time. <laughs> Either be, I, I haven't read a comic in forever. They got rid of the, you can't even get, uh, they got rid of all the magazines at my supermarket. You can't even flip through a magazine on the stands, let alone any comics. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not, it doesn't, there's like no, back in the day, they used to have like comic book spin racks or, yeah. you know, you'd have big selections of magazines at the grocery store. Now all you have is, if you do have it, it's just right there on the registers. They don't yeah, have I mean, I think the registers have some Archie digests. That's all that's left. Yeah. That's probably about right. <laughs> And I'm tempted every now and then to just pick one of those up for all time's sake. This is right. little jinx. <laughs> Loved little jinx. So the Borg have now evolved. They're not assimilating. They're just annihilating. And we get this great fight where uh, Worf's fighting a bunch of Borgs with this Batleth and he gets shot like five fucking times. And yeah. that's when I thought, fuck, Worf's gonna die. Shit. Yep. Because you think about it, he's like, I'm now a pacifist. I'm now a pacifist. I was like, fuck, are they going to kill Worf? And the cube opens fire on the D. And uh, this great scene, man. This might be one of my, this might be uh, so many favorite scenes, but this is one of my faves. Worf gives uh, uh, Riker the Batleth. Oh, yeah. And he drops drops it it because it's too heavy. Yeah. He's like, shit, it takes heavy. Yeah. And he goes, there's a phaser in the hilt. And he just looks at him like, are you fucking kidding me? And the Titan keeps fighting and they're drawing some of the ships away. Riker gets the uh, phaser, kills those Borgs. Bev is on weapons. They got to take out the turrets and boom, it just takes out all the fucking turrets. They all just turn around and look at her on the bridge. And she's like, yeah, lots happened in 20 years. Yeah. He's like, fuck, that was cool. Yep. Like that, for me, that calls back to, um, the two-parter, the cliffhanger two-parter that started great and ended iffy, but where uh, Bev is in charge of the Enterprise while Lore and Lost Boy Borgs have kidnapped everyone uh, on the planet and, and shit. And that's the first time she was ever in charge. Yeah. Like, fast forward to this. Yeah, I guess the emo Borg, yeah. Yeah, I guess emo Borg. <laughs> they hang out in the mall. Yeah, they're a bunch of hipsters. Oh, they're now they're just you're just they're just shopping at the hot topic, right? You know, yep. just <laughs> they have no friends, so they just dress. Oh, they got here. lots of friends, just other Borg, you know. Yeah, just you know, other goth Borg. <laughs> bunch of cute, bunch of bunch of uh, what's his name, Q Hughes. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then when uh, Riker says to Warp, he's like, "You had a phaser the whole time. What the fuck? He's like, Swords are fun." I'm like damn straight they are because he was fucking taking taking out Borgs exactly and so they need to navigate into the cube and do the you know the Star Wars thing and Data is like I can fucking do it I can fucking this is a great scene where Data is like listen I can do this yeah I know I like that yeah and he goes my gut tells me we can do this and Data takes the D inside the cube and they cut to this great shot where you see uh deanna in the background go why am i sensing enjoyment and then it pulls back to see data in the foreground he's got this shit-eating grin on his face yeah it's a great fucking shot data is 
jazzed. Yep. And we're jazzed to take this quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Hard for Picard. And before we wrap up this episode, this season of Picard and this uh, version of the podcast, I am DB Curious one last time. First, trivia. Now, Pete, I mentioned, you know, we talked about Voyager before. They don't mention Janeway by name. However, I did read uh, here in the IMDb. Uh, showrunner Terry Metalis stated that Catherine Janeway was planned to appear in Seven of Nine's promotion scene, but was cut for budgetary reasons. Ugh. I mean, Tuvok was great and all, but goddamn. Like, I mean, we were, we were so expecting her. We both had her on our list of showing up. I really felt like, so it's neat to see that there was the plan. Because there was some, they released some sort of tweet that said, well, you know, she's exclusive to Prodigy. I'm like, is that how it works? People are exclusive to one show or the other? Uh, it seems a little weird. And uh, weird with all the crossover we had in this one. Yeah, and the <laughs> fact we're, we're, and the fact we're having a strange new worlds, a lower decks crossover uh, yeah. this season. Uh, so, I think that's uh, some bullshit. This, this is just a money issue. I mean, to me, like, how much does she cost? You couldn't afford her, you know? Hey, yeah, hey, I don't know. Kate Mulgrew. I mean, maybe you know, it can cost a little bit. Apparently, Tim Russ comes cheaper than Kate Mulgrew. I will say that is true. Um, <laughs> and speaking of Tim Russ, let's get to reviews. And I went through, I skimmed, there's 111 reviews on the IMDb, and I skimmed them trying to find anything remotely interesting besides gushing praise, just gushing, gushing praise. And I wanted to pick a little of that. The people who hated it, no one was weird enough or funny enough. They were just all fucking stupid. So uh, this one I thought was uh, something I've, has come up uh, two times before uh, with, um, with these reviews and the IMDb's uh, uh, insistence on uh, so many words. Uh, nine out of ten entitled Tuvok and Seven, though, from R. One four four five three zero two one. Oh, he's probably one of those Borgs that we were talking about. He's an adjunct of uh, Section Seven. I know this season is all about you TNG fanatics. Can I just talk about Tuvok and Seven though? That moment of theirs was amazing for me as a Voyager fan. All in all, I'm thinking this was an okay way to end this tribute series. One thing I'm curious about though is how many missed how many missed Q's appearance. I know I would have normally. Now I'm thinking maybe I need to go back and rewatch the end credits of every episode, if not from the entire series, at least from this final season. And this part you can just ignore as I'm only trying to add enough characters to be allowed to post this nonsensical review. There. Done. Okay. Four out of 12 found that helpful. Huh. Yeah. Now, how about this? Do you think of the a cop out bringing uh, Tuvok back and not, uh, him not being dead? No, because okay, was it a cop out when they go in? Hey, by the way, our evil uh changeling buddies uh turns out they kept everyone alive, yeah, that they took over, and that kind of works for me because they're gonna want to pump them for information. So, all right, I can see that, yeah, you know, they've done that before. Oh, remember they kept the fucking Galron and oh yeah, yeah. Doctor Bashir, not Galron, Martok and uh, Doctor Bashir, and all of them were all kept alive and put in a Fight Club. Yeah, you know, so 
I can see it. You know, I'm, I'm fine with it. It did feel a little like, well, by the way, guess what? They're not dead, but you know, well, it just precedent. seemed like, I mean, it definitely seemed like, a, like, a, you know, a, the bow on the present. But, you know, the, with all the stuff they tease about killing off people, then they really bring Tuvok back. And I don't know. I was, I was, I was fine. They would have kept Tuvok's a high ranking guy. They no, I, I, I like to. I'm glad he, they didn't kill him off because I think he has a character we can see maybe in the future if they do the, uh, Jerry Ryan, uh, Jack. I could see him uh, as a recurring character. Yeah, yeah man. I loved uh, Tim Russ is great, man. He's yeah. a great follow on Twitter. Always too. a good actor, yeah. Next is 10 out of 10, Star Trek at its best from Movie Fan 9. <sighs> Boy. <clears throat> perfection, perfection, perfection. Thank you to Patrick Stewart, Jonathan Frakes, Brent Spiner, Gates McFadden, Marina Sirtis, Michael Dorn, LeVar Burton, Jerry Ryan, Tim Russ, Alice Creek, John DeLancey, Amanda Plummer, Michelle Forbes, Daniel Davis, Walter Koenig, Elizabeth Dennehy, Ed Spielers, Todd Stashwick. Everyone who worked on Picard Season 3, you slayed it and gave it your all. Well done! The nostalgia of all the cast members from the past was fantastic, but the story was also extremely well thought out, and this was a brilliantly brought-to-screen season. Every episode of this season was like watching a movie in a theater. The cherry on top of it all is maybe we could see some of you again. Make it so. I like that. I like it, too. And I'd like... Uh, yeah. I like that punchline, make it so, you know? Yeah, 12 out of 12 found that helpful. And I, I'm not going to speak for you, but... Uh, 13 out of 13. Found that helpful. Uh, Make it 14 out of 14. Hey, movie fan, you done good. And the Enterprise is about to get, do good because they find the beacon glowing in the middle, just as all seems lost as uh, Space Dock is... Uh, it, well, Space Dock, I think I forgot about Space Dock, they shot it down, right? They're, yeah, they targeted all the cities of Earth. Yes. I forgot to mention that one. That like, and you, it's funny if you look at all the cities. There's lots of cities that you would have assumed weren't still cities after uh, there was a World War Three. Why would you rebuild Cleveland? You know, I mean, <laughs> a Rhode Island or something. Yeah, you know, wouldn't it just be absorbed into New New York? Kind of like how, exactly. I, we got like, a snake blitz in please. Yeah. Well, no, I was thinking it was kind of more like, like I think San Francisco is just like the entire West Coast now. It's like Judge Dredd, right? Mega City One, Mega City Two, maybe. Except for Iowa, because you know Kirk, you know, has his yeah, he's biased, biased this there, yeah, yeah, yeah. He owns the actual entire state or wherever his ranch is, you know, in the Nexus or in the the former United in States, the Nexus. <laughs> Care for some eggs? Hmm. Who am I to argue with the uh, captain of the Enterprise? Yeah, that's what he's probably on. He's probably at his still his ranch in the in the little thing they have him hooked up into uh, on that uh, secret stash place. Yeah, 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 yeah. His consciousness is actually alive and in the computer. It's an AI of him cooking eggs for his old lady and riding horses. Exactly, and riding horses. <laughs> it's so funny because you would assume there was a stunt, you know, guy doing the horses, but no, he's a he's a horse guy. He's a horse guy. He's a I don't horse know guy. If he can still do that shit now at his age. At, at his age, I, oh, he'd tell you he could. Oh yeah. <laughs> you remember that clip uh, that uh, that goes around every now and then of him recording lines for the Star Trek animated series, and he no he okay he's like we need to find out who sabotaged the system, and he kept he keeps saying sabotage instead of sabotage, and you're like 
okay, Jen. Uh, okay, um, Bill, you think we're gonna try that again? Uh, why? He's like, uh, well, it's sabotage. Sabotage. He's like, sabotage. He's like, you say sabotage. I say sabotage. <laughs> 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 it's the fucking funniest thing. He's such an That's asshole. Actually, he's, and he's serious. He's just like, he won't even admit to making one mistake like that. It's so fucking funny. That's, that's, that's fucking Shatner. <laughs> yeah. So space stock falls. The cloak around Earth is gone. They're going to blow away all the cities. And uh, Picard's with Jack, and he starts pulling all the Borg cords out of him. And the Queen's saying, uh-uh, that'll kill him. And uh, on the Titan, there's a direct hit. Everything's down. The crew has uh, gotten loose. They're on their way to the bridge. All is lost. And this is where the Enterprise finds the beacon and they got to figure it out, man. They tell them, they're like, look, you guys have like 30 seconds to get the fuck out of there and we can't yeah. track you. And uh, and they got to make that decision. And uh, when Bev and Jordy agree, you know, that it, we have to sacrifice him and Jordy gives the order to fire it through gritted teeth, like it's breaking his heart. Yeah. It's like, oh, one of the great fires. Like, uh not all the fires have to be rousing like sevens when she blows up the strike. This is a hurtful one, you know. Every time I hear fire, I want to hear dun 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 because every time I hear fire, it's Riker saying it, and then I had to wait three months to see what happens to the Borg with the best of both worlds. We've engaged the Borg. The battle doesn't go well, Enterprise. Fire. And uh and they find that they're going to beam Worf and Riker out. And uh, Riker's like, belay that order. I can't leave uh, Captain Picard. And then yeah. again, I'm like, fuck, they're going to kill him. And Picard plugs himself in. I, I did love that. That he just has to take a Borg fucking uh, wire and just jam it into his fucking neck. Like he's got a, an access port in his fucking Yeah, neck. I know, right? Like, yeah, it's like, it's, <laughs> like he's almost like he's looking for a fucking fix and he's looking for the vein to fucking... Oh, that's the sweet... Yeah, oh, that's that's the sweet, sweet bog stuff. Right there, baby. Oh, we put it in my veins, BQ. Oh, that's the good bog stuff. Uh, by the way, when they flash back early, uh, this is when they flashes like the cool like flashbacks to best of both worlds, where you see yeah. them in the queue, but they do some new shit with it. Yeah, you know, it, it's also I think a, a bit from actually uh, first contact. But, oh yeah, uh, I think so too. I think yeah. that actually I think it is. I think that shot yeah. exactly is from yeah. first contact. It looks fucking great. Like him in the red suit amongst uh, thousands of Borgs. Yeah. yeah. It looked fucking great. And <clears throat> so, and Picard uh, meets Jack in there in a fantasy world. And he talks to him about, you know, join Starfleet to find a family. And they, they have the big father son moment. And Jack doesn't want to leave. And he gives him a big hug and he goes, then I'll stay with you to the end. And they're out of time on the D. He fires the torpedoes. And, uh, Worf looks at Riker and he's like, it is a fine day to die with honor. And uh, Jack wakes up, disconnects himself from his dad. Uh, Riker, he's like, I love you, Imzadi. You know, we'll be waiting for you, (laughs) me and our boy. And she senses him just like Princess Leia sensing Luke at the end of uh, Empire. At at the end of Empire. Leia, hear me. Hear me. Still can't figure out you're my sister yet because I don't think Lucas knew at this point. But <laughs> this is a, this is a bad boy, bad. But she gets just as badass as fucking Princess Leia here and takes the con of the ship. 
and she's uh steering it uh, or getting the coordinates, whatever. And Jack gets to say the time of the Borg is over. And that's, like, oh, that's the last Great. generation of the Borg. And the Enterprise arrives just in the nick of time. And the Borg Queen is screaming and beams them up. They clear the explosion. And, and at this point, booyah. oh, they're tight. But they cut to the Titan and they're fucked. The fleet uh, the, uh, has all their phasers on them and on Earth. And uh, the crew's about to have them. But uh, on the bridge of the D, we see... Uh, everyone arrives safely and the crew of the Titan, uh, because the, the transport, uh, the trans, not the transport, the, the, the signal from Jack is all gone and they all come back to normal. It's a great scene where Sydney hugs seven and, uh, uh, and on the bridge of the day, we see everyone arrive safely. And this is your last there. I thought someone was going to die moment when yep. the dwarf sits down in the chair and I'm thinking, well, he's been shot five fucking times. I'm like, this is yeah. it. Worf's dying. And instead, he falls asleep, and you hear him. Yeah. We like, get the final joke. Final jo- dwarf joke. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, I love it. They didn't kill anyone. That's great. I've read some criticism. We talked about it earlier. There's some criticism. They were like, yeah, it would have hit harder if someone died. I'm like, fuck you. Then we wouldn't it have would to. would have, but I don't know. I don't, I, didn't want, I don't want to see that happen. I, me neither. Know? I don't want to see any of them fucking die. You know, I did. I don't want to see Data die again. I don't want to see Warp. I don't want to see anyone die. I want to see them all get fucked up and and do it and have those actors in full makeup and costume uh, in, uh, improvise a poker scene while drinking for what I heard was hours for them oh, to get that much footage. Yeah, of them just having fun together. So we cut to and this is and this is when it becomes like Lord of the Rings because there's five fucking endings uh, to like uh, like Return of the King. We start with Riker's log. Uh, we find out that there's a fleet-wide transport solution to the Borg infection uh, that's developed by the new head of Starfleet Medical, Admiral Beverly Crusher, who, nice. also de- who also developed a way to scan for the changelings, who then we find out kindly kept their targets alive, which then cuts to Captain Tuvok in Seven. She thinks she's going to be in trouble, so she's going to resign from Starfleet, and then she tells Tuvok that. He goes... Well, yeah, Captain Shaw, he did send in, you know, his, um, he was doing the reviews. And that was from the first episode. I've got reviews to go do. Yeah. And this is the review he does. And he's talking about her. He's like, look, you know, I'm a by the book guy, but God damn. He calls her seven to nine and he says how brave she is. And, uh, and he recommends her to be captain. And Tuvok says resignation denied. And she's yep. now a captain. Great scene. Loved it. And the Voyager music is swelling. Yeah. Then we, Rafi's talking to her ex-husband and everyone knows what a hero she is now because it, it was made public. Yep. It, leaked, it leaked to the public about this all this time she's been an undercover agent and everything she's been doing. And uh, Worf comes in uh, to say goodbye to her and he's like, she's crying. And he's like, I hear tears could be very whatever. He's like, having never wept myself. I'm like, Really? In all the fucking, never, in never in any Star Trek, we've never seen Worf shed a tear. Like, I'm wondering. I feel not even for Jedzia. He didn't fucking cry. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. But anyway, seems great because it was Worf. He leaked all the classified info. Yep. Uh, and they do the great thing. He's a Raphael, a House of uh, Merseker. I can never pronounce her name. Yeah. And she's like, Worf, uh, House of Martok. Yep. And all this in the running joke throughout this season 
was Worf doesn't like hugs. Yeah. My personal space and Worf gives her a big old hug. And that, yeah. And that was nice. And then this was funny. Uh, Troy having her, um, uh, uh, psychiatric sessions with newly human data. Who's boring as fuck. Yeah. And talks to you. That's a good one. Yeah. And she's checking out vacation spots on her iPad. And, uh, Riker arrives. He's like, oh, hey, Data, how you doing? He's like, um, uh, pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> like, he knows he's not, he's not great. He's doing all right. Uh, yeah. I'm crying to cats. The cats are making me cry, but I'm good. Walks away. And goddamn Franks get, should get the Emmy for this. Looks at her. And he goes, still bad shit, right? And she's like, oh, stop. And just starts cracking up. <laughs> cracking up is so funny. And now we fast forward to one year later. And we're at the ship museum where all the fucking enterprises are and uh, and the Defiant. And but it really shows how Freaks, I mean, you know, he, he gets, not only does he get the bad rap, but man, he, I mean, at the, at, the, at the beginning of the season, he had, you know, he had a lot of gravitas to carry. And then towards the back half of the season, because comic timing and chops yeah. was really on display. Yeah, I mean, he had some funny moments in the beginning, but there was a lot of him dealing with everything. And once he dealt yeah. with everything after they got away that first time, he's been old roguish fucking uh, William Riker. Yeah. And and funnier than ever, too, by yep. the way. Because, you know, they got writers who are writing, you know, funny fucking lines to let these yeah. talented actors goddamn him. Let him deliver. do it. Yeah. And a great scene with uh Riker, Picard, and Jordy on the bridge, uh shutting down the Enterprise. And uh yes. at, down to when the, the computer uh, uh they're turning it off and uh Magil Barrett's voice says like uh, yeah. sh- commence, you know, shut down commencing. And uh one of them oh Riker goes, you know, I'll I'm, I'll miss that voice, and it goes to black. And I was like, that's ending number one, right? That roll right. the credits, that's ending number one. But no, ending number two at Space Dock. Jack is now in Starfleet because he's a Nepo baby. And uh, <laughs> he's on the shuttle with his parents. Uh, accelerated track. Sure, sure. I didn't even make a joke about it. He's just like, you know, you know, if it weren't for my parents, it for my name, you know, come on, you yeah. know, I know. And right, and Picard's like, no, it's you, Jack. A name only means so much. And he goes, so where are you going to be so stationed? And uh, they see it, it's the Titan, but it's not the Titan, and they know it's the Enterprise right. now, the Enterprise G. G, yeah. And uh, he gets to say, he's like, oh, sometimes dad names do mean a thing. And, <laughs> and we cut to Jack on the bridge. He's like taking charge and shit. Uh, this is like ending number three. Yeah, this yeah. is ending number three. Jack's a... Uh, uh, Oh, that was ending number three. Jack goes on the bridge. He's like, oh, take us to the Metallus system. Uh, and he sits in the captain's chair. And Seven's like, get out of my fucking chair. And Cindy's there. All the living crew is there. That poor uh, that poor lady who uh, played the Vulcan, not there. Yeah. Yeah. Nor, nor was Todd Stashwick. Uh, I think they'll figure out a way to get Stashwick on the show, but I don't know about the Vulcan lady. Uh, no. if, there, if there is a spinoff, which this, this is the scene and one other scene that sort of tells you. They're, they're doing the spinoff, right? I mean, come on, they got to. And uh, and they call her Cla- Captain Seven, and yes. uh, we're, we're waiting for her catchphrase because yep. every captain has a catch. They've really made a big deal of that in New Trek. Everyone getting their fucking catchphrase. Oh yeah. Uh, my uh, my favorite on Cerritos on, on the Cerritos on uh 
on Lower Decks, uh, Captain Freeman says, warp me. <laughs> so fun. And it's, she's played by Dawn Lewis. You know, remember her from... Um, yeah, from A Different World. A Different World, yeah, yeah. She's, she's And then hanging with Mr. Cooper, yeah. Right, that too. And uh, and then it cuts. And then now to our next ending. It, they're all at Guinan's. Uh, Whoopi's not there. She's too busy being on The View. Uh, right. And getting in trouble every now and then. And... Uh, Worf has to get up early. I just picked up on this one. This is the, like the fourth time I've watched this episode. Worf has to get up early because he has a seminar on Mugatu meditation. <laughs> Remember the Mugatus? They were the, the the white apes with the horns on their head. Uh, they were in uh, uh, the original series, and there's a very funny uh, lower decks about the Mugatus. Okay. Uh, so I guess Worf does space gorilla meditation classes now. Um, <laughs> And uh, they're all going to go home and uh, they're going to have a toast. Uh, they mentioned Guinan is side-eyeing them, but it's because Worf drank all the blood wine. And <laughs> I'm like, well, why would she be side-eyeing eyeing them for that? No one in San Francisco wants the fucking blood wine. I'm right. pretty sure. And uh, they go, Data, give us a toast. And he pretty much goes, there once was a man from Nantucket. And I'm like, oh, there you go. <laughs> well, Joe, Joe Piscopo taught me that one. <laughs> and instead picard picard gives a toast of course it's shakespeare it's from julius caesar and it's a great fucking toast and about riding the tides with with his uh, crew and family and then uh but no they're gonna stick around for one more ending because he whips out a ace of spades and they're gonna play cards just like the last episode uh, of all yes like uh, uh, all good things and then it's just them you know, riffing and improvising and playing cards and actually drinking. Apparently this, like they filmed this for like two hours just to get this 30 seconds of them just having a good time and hanging out together. Almost like it was the, the rap party. Yeah. And, and you then, know, and you know what? Yeah. I mean, that, that was a perfect ending on all good things and it really deserved yep. to be here too. You know, you can't fuck with perfection. Yep. It's a great callback. And someone pointed out in the IMDb and I need to freeze, fr- freeze frame it is that, and maybe they're just imagining things, but as you, because you're looking, the, the camera shot is looking right down, right? At him, yeah. Right. And it says, if you look at it, the the table looks like the saucer section, and the, some of the tables on either side of the bar look like the nacelles. I was like, I need to check that out because if if that's actually there and I missed it, that's fucking great. Uh, yeah. Or or this person was watching this on mushrooms. One or the other. Yeah. Or both. Then think, yeah, and then we think it's all over, and it's what a great ending. And uh, 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 we're back on the Titan. Yep. Jackson is quarters, and he's got a picture—the great picture of his mom and dad, which is from holding hands and in a tuxedo and a and a nice dress, which is from like some, you know, like the Emmys or some shit, you know, from the eighties, or, or maybe one of the uh, the Dick uh, um, when he was the Private Eye. In the holodeck. No, no, this is this. I've seen this picture. It's them at a Hollywood event. It's Patrick oh, okay. Stewart and Gates okay. McFadden at a Hollywood event. And they're when from next gen times. And uh, I've seen it on social media. Okay. And uh, it, that's the picture of his folks. And he's putting all of his stuff away. And Q's there. Ding dong. It's Q. And uh, he even says, he's like, Q, he's like, well, my father t- said you were dead. He's like, oh, you, you, you don't humans you're so linear 
which I like because as much as I loved, we said season two is such a mixed bag. I did yeah. love that Q is dying and wants yes. to give the card one last gift. And I loved that scene. At the same time, I was kind of like, isn't he fucking immortal? How the fuck? Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Fine. And like, yeah, well, no, he, he's not, he doesn't exist in linear time. Okay. So sure. He died at some point outside of linear time, but he's not immortal. He's immortal. And he, and I'm fine with it. Bring him back. Cause I love fucking John Delancey and I love Q and he says, Oh yeah. Picard's trial on humanity is done, but now it's time for you, Jack. And then it cuts to black. And I was like, that's fucking great. They that's a great That's fucking great. I mean, they're, they 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 haven't announced that there's going to be a spinoff, but come on. Yeah, if they don't, I'll be shocked. Well, and not just because of like, oh well, this isn't one of those things where they're daring the network, you know, and to say, look, see, we dropped all these fucking, you know, we, we, yeah, we, we planted all the seeds for a spinoff, and they say no. I this would, network is dying for Star Trek. Dying for yeah, exactly, man. They're dying for Star Trek, and the ratings and reviews for this season of Picard have been through the roof. It's roof, the highest, yeah. highest rated anything, anything from Amazon Prime that's made like. No, this is dent. Paramount. Paramount. Oh, Paramount. I mean, uh, I watch it on Amazon Prime. That's it. Okay. Uh, that on Paramount that has cracked the ratings, the top tens. You know. You know, trust me, you know, Oklahoma King the Sly ain't fucking making it, right? You know, uh, the new Beavis and Butthead, is, I, is, I've no, seen no. it. It's fun. It's not, this is a huge smash hit. Of course, they're going to do a spinoff of it. They're, they're going to have to because they're in the Star Trek business now. That's what they're yeah. in. They're in the Star Trek business. And I, for one, cannot wait to see it. And all in all, let's wrap this up, Pete. I just want to say, what a great season of TV, right? Oh my God! I mean, love letter this to the fans and to the to the to the characters and to the show, and yeah, and and I love that they just didn't keep it in capsules as in just next generation. I liked how we had branches off into the other other shows, and it was just a love letter to Star Trek overall, you know. Yeah, exactly, man. I can't put it any better. It was a love letter to Star Trek. It was exactly what we wanted after those movies. Uh, I mean, nothing's perfect because nothing is perfect, but it doesn't get much closer to perfect, uh, no, especially it, especially the back end of the uh, uh, of the episodes was the, the final two. The final two episodes, two of the best episodes of television I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, you can't be big out of the movie. That's that's like a smash hit. Yeah, um, it's fantastic. Yeah, there was. I mean, I, there wasn't one episode where I'm like, "God, this sucks," or "This is mediocre." Was, right. I were all. We're, these are all we're looking at, like all eight, nine, and tens. You know what I'm saying? I totally. The only thing that sticks out, and we've talked about it, is the the, the manufactured out of nowhere dissension between Riker and Picard yeah. in like that second or early third episode, just because they had to use it to get to a point to explain something, but it felt very clunky. But that's it. Everything else fucking worked for me from beginning to end. And anyone who talks about, well, it's just nostalgia. Sometimes nostalgia is good if it's done right. And exactly. this is done right. And well, we got to wrap this up as I've got an early day. Pete, this whole time, uh, the whole show. Thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. And this won't be the last time. 
I figure every time we get a wild hair to talk about whatever we want to talk about, you know, we'll be, we'll be back uh, here on uh, Gideon Guys, uh, on the Gideon Guys Network. It won't be hard for Picard. We'll come up with something, you know, forever we're going to talk about next, Pete. We'll come up with something just as juvenile and stupid. What do you say? Exactly. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah, John, always a pleasure, man. We've done this rodeo. uh Long time over here, over there, around the bend, and a uh, long time doing it. It's always fun. Fun to talk always about. Fresh. Fun, fun, hey, fun to do something that's not wrestling. Uh, with yeah, you. no, uh, exactly. That, man. That's yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, we'd like to thank those of you who are listening to the show, uh, especially everyone uh, in Vietnam, who uh, apparently uh, were uh, kind of popular there. I hear Pete. Uh, good morning, uh, Vietnam. Yeah, or a uh, good afternoon, good evening. You know, whenever you choose to listen yeah. to it over there, our you know our allies. Look, I don't hold a grudge. Yeah, I'm not a grudge holder. I wasn't over there. It's all good now. Like, you know, I mean, we're kind of like, we're kind of like the Fast and the Furious. Uh, You know, that's how I feel, you know. You know, we might have fought once, but now we're family, right? There you go. We're family. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, We'll be back someday and uh, have a good night.